Hello? Hello? Is anyone there? Hello? I've got it, Eugenia. Extra! Extra! Read all about it! It's a beautiful day on Main Street, USA! I know, I'm not much in the looks department yet, but hey, I'm only 30 days old and a fifth of an inch long. Nothing is more wonderful than the imagination. For in a moment, you can experience a beautiful fantasy or an exciting adventure. Ladies and gentlemen, please collect your belongings and watch your head and step. Please assist small children by the hand. W, w Radio, your information station. Hello and welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. This is show number 106 for the week of February 15th, 2009. And I, as always, am your host, Lou Mangello. We're going to start off this week's show by looking at another of Walt Disney World's best of the bests. And this time, it's all about one of the best ways to enjoy and relive your vacation even after you've returned home. Chuck Lionberger joins me to talk about Disney's Photo Pass and one of the very best ways to get the most out of it. I'll answer more of your emails this week from the WDW Radio inbox with the help of Becky Mankin. In addition to vacation planning advice and tips, we're going to answer some questions about Disney's Magical Express military discounts, vegetarian options, strollers, and of course, questions about dining. Stay tuned to the end of the show for a couple of announcements before I play back some of your voicemails. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. When we talk about Walt Disney World vacations, we use words like magical, special, incredible, delicious, and of course, memorable. But the worst part of your vacation is, of course, when it's over. But fortunately, that's where the memories begin. And as you look back and smile and laugh about all the times that you had with family and friends, and although your time in the parks may have come to an end, there are a lot of ways to keep the fun and, more importantly, the memories going. And today, we're going to look at one of the best of the best ways to enjoy Walt Disney World after you've gotten home. And joining me again this week is the Disney Daddy himself, Chuck Leinberger from DisneyDaddy.blogspot.com. Hi, Lou. Good to be back. Thanks for coming back, Chuck. And uh, so, you know, like I said, I always say that the worst part, and uh, obviously my most sentimental, according to my top ten with Tim, is going home. And I maybe should have penned that a little bit to include unpacking and going back to work and shoveling the snow, etc. But you get the idea. But yeah. there are a lot of ways to keep the magic going when you get back. Like, oh, I don't know, podcasts and websites and blogs and <clears throat> trivia books and magazines and audio guides. But we'll cover some of those other ways as well. But this week, we want to focus on one in particular. And it really involves the memories that we take with us because we're going to talk about Disney's Photo Pass and more importantly, the Photo Pass CD and how to make right. the most of it. Absolutely. It's, in my opinion, it is the best value of all the Photo Pass products that are out there. 
I agree. And we're going to try and illustrate that for people who might not think so when they first hear the price. But, Chuck, I think we have to, again, start with the basics and explain, Mm -hmm. because not everybody really knows or understands what PhotoPass really is. Yeah, PhotoPass is, you know, there, there are PhotoPass photographers stationed all over Walt Disney World. Now, when you mean all over, I really do mean all over. They're in the resorts, they're in all the parks, uh, they're in the water parks, they're everywhere. They have, they, they have nice cameras, uh, mostly Nikons, I believe, and they will take your picture for free and give you a PhotoPass card, and then they'll, you just hang on to that card, and every time you get your picture taken with one of these PhotoPass photographers, they'll scan your card. It has what's sort of like a barcode on it, you can just take as many of those as you want. Uh, in fact, a lot of times I encourage folks to make sure they take more than one photo uh, with their particular PhotoPass person. Take it in a portrait mode, which is the up and down, and then ha- ask the photographer to take it in a landscape mode, which is the, the wide or left and white way. There may even be a magical photo opportunity, which we'll get to in a little bit. Go ahead and take all those photos that you want. They'll all just go right onto your PhotoPass card. And then after you get home, you can go online to the PhotoPass website, which is DisneyPhotoPass.com, and you can go and look at all these photos, and that's when you really have the opportunity to work with the magic after you get home. Absolutely, and there are a couple of of really important points that I want to stress about the Disney PhotoPass photographers in the parks. First and foremost, there is no charge at all to have one, a hundred, or a thousand pictures taken of you and your family in the parks. Uh, And oftentimes... You'll find them wandering. You'll also find them stationed, obviously, in front of the castle, down Main Street, in front of the Sorcerer Mickey Hat, all throughout the parks and the resorts. The first time you get that card, try and, uh, number one, keep that card with you at all times. And if you can, either take a picture of or write down the number in the back. Because even if you lose your card, that number they'll be able to identify your photos with. And Yes, that number is what's most important. Absolutely. And, and once you go to other photographers, if you go from the Magic Kingdom to Epcot, you don't need a new card. You can use that card for not only the duration of the trip, but you can use it next time you go back as well. So if you're going to go back maybe in a few weeks or a few months, you can even bring that same photo pass. And if you lose it, and if you have that number, they'll often be able to retrieve your pictures for you. Something else, too, yeah. is that if you're with a group, um, if you're traveling with friends, if you're traveling with uh, you know an extended family, you can all get the same photo onto more than one card. So you don't have to have just the one card for the family and now you've got to be responsible for getting the pictures and sending them to your aunt. Everybody in the group, you know, try not to give them 100 cards, but you can give the PhotoPass photographer all of your cards. This way when you go home, you can order the CD, the mugs, the books, whatever it is that you want without having to you know, worry about contacting everybody, somebody else in your group. Here's one even better. If you do happen to, say, split up, and and this is something that I encourage uh, families to do, especially bigger groups, obviously you're not all going to want to go and do the same thing together every single moment of every single day that you're there. (laughs) You want to break it up every once in a while. It's okay if you see a PhotoPass photographer there and you want to get a photo, get it and get another card. When you come back and after your trip you go online to your website, you can register more than one card. In fact, in my last PhotoPass trip, because we went to certain things like Mickey's Very Merry, well, they will give you a special PhotoPass card for Mickey's Very Merry. And I imagine the same thing is true for, you know, uh, Not So Scary Halloween Party. I ended up registering four different PhotoPass cards by the time I was done. Doesn't matter. So, you know, you can also, you know, if you've got those big groups, 
you can put it on one card, just give everybody the number, and then they can go register those, those photos themselves. Exactly. And if you go to the Magic Kingdom on one day, the next day you leave your room, you forget your card, don't worry. You can get another card. Again, it's free. When you go home mm-hmm. to the website, you can add all those cards to basically to your profile. All those pictures will be imported. That's right. And the other thing, too, is the photo pass photographers aren't just in the parks. Um, you're going to also find them in some restaurants. You can get some great, uh, especially like a lot of the dinner shows. You'll find them at Hoopty Doo. Mm-hmm. You'll find them at Ohana, the Backyard Barbecue. Yep. Uh, the one thing that they don't do, and I want to just be clear about, are ride photos, with the exception of Test Track. I was going to say, Test Track is the only change. The only one. As you exit Test Track, you'll see your ride photo. You can insert. There's also a PhotoPass guy there. You can either get a card or insert your card, have that that picture attached to your card. But everything else, like Expedition Everest, Splash Mountain, as of right now, you cannot add those to your PhotoPass card. Yeah, actually, I was talking to a cast member the last time I was down there and asking him about that. And Test Track apparently is just that, the test for this. So with any luck... They, Disney may be rolling out uh, the PhotoPass option to other ride photos. We can only hope and see. Yeah, and it just makes sense because, you know, you get home and maybe, you know, if you're getting off Everest, you don't want to stand online and wait for a picture because you're rushing to get somewhere else. When you get home, see, you know, you or everybody else's, you know, goofy face or whatever it is, you're going to be more uh, inclined maybe to want to get that picture and print it out or, or, or get it for people. Uh, something else they do, Chuck, as long as we're talking about where and when they take the pictures are... Some of the unique types of photos that they take. And if you're walking down, right down the middle of Main Street, USA in the morning, oftentimes you'll see a family clustered around together with their arms outstretched, you know, with, with their hands cupped, holding nothing. And you're wondering, what are these lunatics doing? Has the Florida sun gotten to them? It hasn't. Uh, the photo pass photographers actually have some sort of pre-staged different things that you can do throughout the parks, not just on Main Street. Yeah, the photo pass photographers are very, very good that. After they take that photo, they uh, they sprinkle a little pixie dust on them and make a little magic appear. So, in the case of the photo that you're talking about, you might see people holding a you know what looks like nothing in their hand and have this great look of surprise. In the end, there's Tinkerbell standing in their hands. Uh, over at Animal Kingdom, uh, there's a great one where you might see a child looking like they're cradling an invisible baby. Lo and behold, there goes. Baby Simba. Uh, over at Hollywood Studios, there's another uh, fun one that we've done before where you'll see people just staring at the pavement in total shock, and you're wondering, what in the devil are they doing? Well, Stitch has just broken out of the pavement. Uh, and these are all the various things you can do. Uh, Adventureland is another fun one uh, that's fairly new. Uh, it's generally near Pirates of the Caribbean, and it's somewhat limited, so you got to ask about it. But you actually could cross swords with none other than Captain Hook. Pretty cool stuff. So, Talk to your PhotoPass photographers about these different magic photos that they can do. They're offered different times during the day in different locations, so something that you may want to may want to check out ahead of time. Absolutely, and some people I think Chuck might be saying to themselves, hey, "Wait a minute, you know, I'm bringing my own camera. Why do I need to wait and have a PhotoPass photographer take my picture?" And I'm going to give you my three reasons why I would use it. One, because it's free, and you lose nothing at all by having your picture taken by them. Two, big time in my case, they've got a much better camera and they're much better photographers than I will ever be. And third, I have like zero pictures of my family in Disney World with me because I'm the guy that's holding my, you know, very small little pocket borderline disposable camera. So it gives you an opportunity 
to get in the picture with somebody who is a professional photographer using professional equipment, taking the best possible photo, Oh, you know, and as many different times and as ways as they can. So if your eyes are closed on one, don't worry about it. They will do it again for you. Yeah, and I'll sweeten that pot. How many times have you tried to get a great shot of your family in front of Cinderella Castle at night. We all know that that castle looks absolutely gorgeous at night. But if you take a flash photo and then your hands are shaking and things like that, you end up nine times out of ten with a, just a, a point-and-shoot camera with a blurry shot. PhotoPass photographers, they've got nice cameras. They're on tripods with light sets and everything like that. So you get what is a professional quality photo in a setting and in a way that really you probably are not even capable of shooting uh, because you just don't have the gear there to be able to do that. So that alone uh, is worth the price of anything that you would be doing down the road with PhotoPass. But remember, to take the shot, absolutely free. So why not? Right, And they know how to frame and they know how to format the shot to get the best possible image. I mean, I I go through, you know, shooting around like crazy and I come back and, and I find that I have 500 pictures of the hat you know, and one picture of my family, and it's it's just not framed right. So, um, there yeah. there is no downside to doing it at all using the PhotoPass photographer. So, okay, Chuck, your vacation is over, or, or your day is over at the park. You've taken all these photos. They've taken all these photos. Now what? You know, now how do I get a chance to see them at the end of the day? How do I purchase them? Either let's just say at the park. Well, at the park, you can can go uh, there to the exhibition hall, and they've got. A photo kiosk there. It's it's where you know Tony's is located and all of that. You can go right there and go onto the computer and uh, go look at your photos. You can add enhancements. This is another way that Disney sweetens the deal for using PhotoPass. You can actually take your photo and say that you want to. You know, it's a holiday time. Is another a great example of this. Um, you know, during the the time of Mickey's Very Merry, they have a slew of holiday borders and themes and all these other enhancements that you can add to your pictures. By the way, they're also free to put those enhancements on there. And then you can order prints or order, you know, products, you know, mugs, mouse pads, all the, all these other kind of things that, that that Disney offers. The other way, of course, is when you get home. And when you get home, you just go online to their to the website, Disneyphotopass.com. That's where the photo CD really, really comes into play because you can go home and you can do those same things, add those enhancements. And I'll give you a, a case in point. Back at during the Mouse Fest trip, I had somewhere in the neighborhood of, I want to say, about 150 raw PhotoPass photos. Those also included the magic shots uh, on, on my account between the different, different pictures. By the time I was done adding enhancements, I was just a shade under 500 pictures. Yeah, and when we start talking about the photo CD, you're going to see that that's exactly where the value comes into play. And it's great that you can do this at home uh, because oftentimes, especially remember the old days, they used to give you a ticket and you used to have to take your ticket, go wait online at the end of the day when everybody was yeah. with their ticket. I would always forget. I'd go back to my room and I'd be like, oh, we had a great shot. I never, now well, and for you- me, there, there are other parks around in, in Virginia uh, that, that do that. And, you know, at, at the end of the day, I'm like, oh, I just don't want to stand in line, you know, because this is my only opportunity to get that photo. And it's, just, it's not worth it. I'm tired. I've had a long day at the parks. It's been a lot of fun, but I'm worn out and I really don't feel like standing in the end of the line. This, you don't have to worry about it. You can do it at home pretty much at your leisure. You have 30 days from the moment that you register your photos to complete everything. 
Right. And again, there's no charge to go online and, and browse through your photos. Uh, you know, Not you at can't, all. You all can't download them, but you can get on there and you can see and then decide at that point what you want to do. Absolutely. Only thing you have to do is just register. No big deal there. It's just like registering for the Disney site or other things like that. So uh, just with a simple free registration, you can go in and look at all the photos. You can add the enhancements. You can do all that stuff totally free. There is no commitment until it comes time to either purchase a product or purchase a CD or something like that. All the enhancements, you can play with it all you want, totally free. And there's two things about doing this at home that I love. One, when you get there, unlike on my hard drive, all of your photos are organized by category. You know, they're in there by park, so you know, you know, what day, by what park. You're not scanning through all of them trying to find that one shot. And the other thing that I love is that you can also upload your own photos to the PhotoPass site. That is correct, and that really helps if you're going to do some of the other options that are available on PhotoPass. Uh, Something that we've done in past trips is the photo book. For those people who, like, frankly, myself, who are scrapbookingly challenged. Is that a word, (laughs) scrapbookingly? Who are challenged by scrap. I I look at a scrapbook and I just go, wow, I don't even want to get near the thing. Well, I can do this online. It's a lot like uh, a number of different other type of online uh, ways to, to build books, you know, Shutterfly and those kind of things like that. The benefit here is you have that actual Disney touch that goes with it. You have Disney backgrounds and, and, and borders. You can have a nice, it's a nice uh, bound book, hardbound style book. Um, not too bad as far as costs, uh, depending on how many pages you want to add to it. I think it comes with somewhere around like 16 to maybe, uh, actually 12 to 16 pages, somewhere in there, I want to say. Uh, you can add photos to, or add pages to go with it. And you can do a mix of your photos plus PhotoPass photos, and you can even use Disney stock photos. They will give you access to their own stock photography. So if you wanted that awesome shot of Fantasmic with Mickey Mouse and the, you know, the, the fireworks shooting out of his fingers that you just didn't quite get because, well, you're in the audience and can't zoom that far, don't worry. They got it for you, and you can use that picture in your photo book. Yeah, the, both the, the photo book I love because, again, like you, I am very much scrapbookingly challenged, and, and I just don't have the time to do it. It's a lot of fun to create it. I've seen the photo books. They're beautiful. They, they are absolutely beautiful. There are different levels that you can get. There's also ones that can be personalized with the foil stamp. They're not all that expensive uh, for what you get because I think the quality is very, very good. Even more so than that, you know, while my Photoshop skills are, are legendary, <clears throat> Tim Foster is the guy that laid say, out. Tim, yeah, uh, right? yeah, here we go, Tim, Tim Foster, the man that lays out every issue of Celebrations Magazine. I would never be able to do some of the enhancements that they do. And obviously, I don't have access to the photos. So the photo books and the cards and the mugs and, and the shirts are great. Um, but I think really, like you said, the value and the best way to get the most out of this for your dollar is with the photo CD. And Without a doubt, it is it is 100% the best value they offer, especially if you plan a little bit ahead of time, and as we've been talking about, get those photos in the park. The more photos you take in the park, the more that CD becomes an even bigger and better value on the end. Absolutely. And look, the cost of the photo CD, when I tell it to you, it may sound a little pricey, but give us a chance to, to explain. It's $124.95, for the CD, whether you have one photo on there or however many will fill up that CD. However, you should not have to pay 
the one twenty four ninety five, even at that price. Oak, I sound like a, I sound like I'm doing an infomercial. <laughs> it's still a value, <laughs> but you can quote unquote pre order the CD and save twenty percent. So now you're talking ninety nine ninety five for the CD, and even though or it's called. CDs. I'm sorry? Actually, CD's plural. In this last one I got, I told you I was almost a 500. Actually, it was two discs. Still okay. the same price. There you go. There you go. So as many, so really, it's, it's as many photos as they take, it's for that price. Yeah, without a doubt. And again, one, 1,000, or, you know, one, in my case, 500. I was really scared I was going to hit a ceiling and we're going to say, I'm sorry, <laughs> you you can't have any more. And I kept just going and going and going, adding all these enhancements, and it, and it never stopped. I could have kept going. But I finally got to the point, I'm like, okay, I've really done about everything I can think to do to these photos to just keep adding enhancements. Uh, and let's let's talk about that for a second and adding an enhancement. What are we talking about here? You can go to a photo, a raw shot, say it's the shot of yourself and the family in front of Cinderella Castle. As you look at that photo and go to you know, want to edit that photo, you can look on the side and you'll see all these borders and other enhancements you can add to it. You just click and add one and then save it. It automatically saves a copy of that photo. You can then go back to the original photo, and you'll see the list of your photos just down at the bottom of the website. Click on back to your original photo. Go put another one on. And you know, in the case of, like I said, when I went during the holiday time, I probably put 13 enhancements on every photo. So that's how 150 can quickly become 500 pictures. Right, and it's very, very simple to use. I mean, it, yeah, it is not Photoshop-esque in any way, shape, or form. Oh. No, it, you probably, uh, once you kind of get the hang of, of how you're adding them, you probably can add an enhancement and save it in about five seconds. Exactly. Exactly. And so people say, well, great. Okay, I've spent $99 for this CD, but what can I do with it? And an important th- thing that we need to make here is that Disney grants you the license and the copyright to these photos so that you can get that CD, take it home, Bring it, either print it out on your on your own printer if you want, take it to your local copy place, have them printed, have them blown up because they're, they're very, very high-res yeah, yeah. prints. Uh, and you could actually do it for less than, say, you would have to do in the parks. And, and this is where the yeah, value really comes into play. We need to, to let you know, if you went to the parks and say, okay, you know what, I, I love this photo of us in front of the castle. I want to get it for everybody in my group. If you wanted to get one... 8 by 10 print. You're looking at 1695. So if you mm-hmm. now want to get 2 3, you're very quickly approaching that $99 thing. If you- Yeah. And that's just and that's just for a few photos. Now think about how much that 8 by 10 will cost you at a, you know, a drugstore or a print shop or your local, you know, big box store, things like that. Quickly becomes a value. Absolutely. And, and I'm not saying that you, you shouldn't sometimes, you know, you caught up in the moment or you want to get it right there in the park or you want to give it to somebody as a gift. But if you have a lot of photos and you want to take your time, go through them, do a lot of different creative things with them, either on your own. You can upload them to other websites. Um, If there's certain websites you use that they print certain products that you want to have made up, whether it's a calendar or whatever, you can do that as well with any of these pictures. Oh, absolutely. And in fact, I have used these pictures uh, in other ways totally unassociated with printing. Uh, You know, as part of what I do for the family, I'll create a DVD. Um, through you know whatever computer I've got that's you know you can make DVDs with photos and you know, at least half of them are photo pass photos because again I'm the guy always taking the pictures 
So I'm not usually in my own photos. So these are the ones that I use where I'm in it. And so I can actually be in the, in the DVD, you know, actually proving the fact that I went to Disney World. Right. So you know, yet another reason why those PhotoPass photos come in so handy. Absolutely. And really, the bottom line is, and the, the question that everybody asks is, they see that $124.95, and they say, you know, is it worth it? Is it worth it for me to, to get the CD? And, you know, unquestionably, we, we both agree. Absolutely. At $124 or the price you should be paying, $99.95, undoubtedly, um, it, it is clearly worth it. Yeah, this is, again, another example of a little bit of planning has a huge payoff in the end. Absolutely. Definitely, definitely one of the best, most overlooked bangs for the bucks that you can get, not just on property, but after your vacation is over. Without a doubt. So, And, and I think this is great, too, especially this year. You know, they're, they're, they're so promoting the What Will You Celebrate campaign, and, and people are going to be going down so much more with their families. Everybody wants to be in the picture. Everybody wants to take those Maybe not look at them on the computer, you know, make grandma, grandpa a picture or put it in a frame, whatever. This is so the best way to do it. And uh, for more information, please go and check out DisneyPhotoPass.com. There you can find out more about the service, what to do as you're planning your trip, um, some other tips, some questions and answers we have. You can also see some of the products that you can create on the site. And uh, please also go and visit Chuck's site. That is Disney Daddy. Dot blogspot.com. Make sure you head by every Tuesday for Tip Tuesday. You have your uh, tips yep. to make your trip just a little bit better. So, Chuck, as always, thanks very much for coming on and uh, sharing some information about the photo pass and the CDs with us. Lou, glad to be here and glad to help. I promised to get to more of your emails as quickly as I could, and far be it for me to break a promise to you, the listener. So here to once again help me stay on track, answer as many of your emails as quickly as possible, is our good friend Becky Mankin from Mouse Fan Travel. And Becky, always great to have you back in the studio. Great to be here again, Lou. Love to be on the show even though we know you're not in the studio. so <laughs> I, I am in a studio, it's just a, not your studio. Thousands of miles away. You're at, you know what it is? You are at our West Coast affiliate station. There we go. I am in the West Coast office. <laughs> All right, listen. I always think that we're going to get to more than we actually do, so we got to you know skip the pleasantries and get right into the emails. First one is short, it's sweet, like you, and it's from Ed. And he says, hello again, Lou. Are there nightly closing ceremonies at Hollywood Studios, like Illuminations at Epcot and Wishes at the Magic Kingdom? Thanks. That's it. Quick and dirty. So, just like the Magic Kingdom, for example, I think he means, like, after Wishes, they had sort of the the kiss goodnight at the Magic Kingdom, and they have the burn-off, which is sort of like the unofficial, you know, goodnight, please start making your way out of the parks, ways to say goodnight at some of the other theme parks. Do they have anything like that at... um, at Disney's Hollywood Studios that you know of? Uh, the only thing that I know of is that later on after they're trying to kind of push you towards the uh, towards the exit, <laughs> over the loudspeaker, they have like a director coming on that says something like, um, that's a wrap, and you hear the, the clapper, the movie clapper. Um, that's the only like kiss goodnight type thing that I know of happening over there. 
And Ed, I can tell you that based on, on what Becky just said, I am on a mission for you <laughs> to get audio of, of the clapper guy. You know, the, the, the clap on, clap off guy at the end of Disney's Hollywood. Or if anybody has it, please email it. And uh, I'll include it in the radio tune at the beginning of the show. Yeah, as long as you can run fast from the security people, you should be able to get it. <laughs> They're not really pushing you out. They're, you know, make yeah. your way through Keystone Clothiers towards the exit, please. So they'll actually let you linger pretty long in the parks. Not that I'm saying I've done it, but I do. I like to linger very, very late at night in the parks. And they'll let you stay, you know, for a little while. So not recommending it. I'm just saying you can. So they're not going to taser you like Becky. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> All right. Next email comes from Alan in Orlando. He says, hey, Lou, I'm listening to some old podcasts, May or April 2007. We walked on Humphrey the Bear. I walked on Humphrey. I think you meant I talked about Humphrey the Bear. In the podcast, you mentioned something about Humphrey making an appearance at Animal Kingdom. Can you elaborate? Thanks. And by the way, make the shows as long as you want. I drive for a living. It fills my time most enjoyably. What do you think of that? Shows as long as you want. Well, you know what, Alan, you've come to the right show then. Um, yeah, we did talk about Humphrey the Bear, um, who was a character, sort of a secondary character that appeared with Donald Duck um, and Ranger Woodlore, Ranger Audubon Woodlore, in a number of shorts back in the 50s. Um, one was called Barely Asleep. There was another one called Hold That Pose. You can actually see Humphrey, not as a walk-around character, to my knowledge, but you can see him uh, in inside Wilderness Lodge in the lobby he is on the totem pole that's right there by the entrance to front to the uh, to the mercantile shop. Although I, I don't really know, I don't think I've ever seen a Humphrey walk around character in any of the parks as yet. Yeah, I haven't either. The only place I've ever seen him, but besides what you mentioned at, uh, at Wilderness, was over at. Um Believe it or not, in the Animal Kingdom, there's a, a park poster <laughs> that that features him, but that's uh, the only one that I know of. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. I, I love sort of seeing some of the secondary characters um, like that in the parks. Actually, and there's some cool merchandise coming out where you're going to start to see a bunch of those secondary characters, so stay tuned. Anyway, moving on. I like these. Quick, getting through these quick. <laughs> on three, I'm a huge fan of the WDW radio show and I've been listening for about a year. The podcast helps me escape my normal work days, so keep up the great job. My question today is about the beast that lurks deep inside the snow-capped mountain of Expedition. That was a well-written sentence. I like that. The beast <laughs> that lurks deep inside the snow-capped mountain of Expedition Everest. I have now the opportunity to ride this attraction many times on several trips. I have never, ever had a chance to see the Yeti the way it's presented on many of the travel shows and vacation videos that highlight Disney's Animal Kingdom. It's my understanding that this animatronic character is one of the finest and largest at any Disney park on the globe. If that's the case, then why have I only been able to see the Yeti for a split second with a blink of a strobe light? The character does not appear to move, or at least what I can see, and without my viewing of the creature on the net and TV, I wouldn't really have known what it looks like. Why would Disney spend so much money and draw so much marketing attention to this and then leave guests saying, uh, where's the Yeti? From what I hear, the intended version has nice lighting and shows the Yeti moving and attacking the train as you go by. What's the story behind this? Thanks for all your help, Lou. That's from Josh in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Josh, you are right on many, many fronts. The Yeti does lurk deep inside the snow-capped mountain of Expedition Everest. And you're <laughs> right. Uh, right now and for some time, he's been in something called B-Mode 
which is sort of a, a secondary mode if the animatronic is not functioning properly. And that's the problem right now, is he is not functioning the way he is intended. He is sort of standing still, and they do have a strobe light effect. Most guests, I think, for the most part, don't realize it. Don't realize that he's supposed to be acting differently if they haven't seen it before, unless they've seen some of those other specials. Um, I think it's still effective. But yes, when that arm, when he's moving and that arm sweeps across the, the, the train, especially in the back seat at night, is awesome. It is awesome. It is one of the best effects anywhere on property. Um, from what I understand, and this is just my second, third hand hearsay, is that yes, there is an issue with the Yeti not functioning properly. Um, the company that built him either no longer in business or is no longer able to repair him. And Disney is trying to figure out how to best be able to fix the Yeti, who's lurking deep inside the mountain of Expedition Everest, <laughs> uh, without having to take down the attraction for an extended period of time. I think we'd all hate to see Everest be closed for you know four months while they get inside. Because remember, think about how that mountain was built. If you've seen those specials or any of the History Channel things, how that mountain was sort of built layer on top of layer, you know, and with that Yeti inside, um, it would be a huge undertaking. So um, now, now, Be- Becky, we know from past shows that you are, you're not a spinner. You're not really the f- <laughs> a fast mover. You're more of a dropper and a, a carousel. Are you, uh, are you an Everest fan? Uh, you know, oh, I, I do like roller coasters. <laughs> I, I do have to admit that. First However, of all, it's not a roller coaster. Yeah. It's not a zoo and it's not a I, roller coaster. Yeah. Okay. I do like um, careening wildly on a cart. <laughs> it's going to take me towards a Yeti. However, I have to say that it's been a while since I actually opened my eyes to look at him. <laughs> that that one does kind of scare me a little bit. I It's kind of like the whole dinosaur that's going to eat my head type thing. <laughs> So the Yeti does have a little bit of a, a spine-chilling effect. So eyes are closed. Wouldn't know if his arm is swinging at me or not. I'm just hoping to live. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I, I need to make something abundantly clear. And I'm not spoiling the magic here. But the, the dinosaurs and the Yetis, <laughs> y- you know they're not real, right? You know they're like rubber and latex and plastic and... Yeah, see, this is the part, though, that takes me into how great Disney is at creating magic, because it, at some level, when I'm getting on the, the ride vehicle to, to be hurtled towards the Yeti or towards the Jaws of Destruction, oh, God. <laughs> there, is, there is some level of, of terror that, that hits my, you know, six year, the six-year-old in me that um, thinks that thing is going to just take me right out of that car. Again, Tower of Terror, any day. I'm shaking my head and just... I don't know if it's disbelief or disgust. Whatever. Let's move on. Anyway, Josh, um, you're right. Yeti, full full A mode. One of the best effects, despite what Becky's six-year-old girl-like fears are. So. Eyes closed. Eyes closed. But listen, Laura Hale has a very, very important question. And we need to devote our full attention, so so bring your A-game here. Because she's heard a rumor that Boatwrights is about to stop serving breakfast. Do we know that if this is true? Boatwrights, which we've talked about, we did a, a full show about Port Orleans, French Quarter, and Riverside. We've talked about Boatwrights at length. Before we get to her next question, the rumor is that Boatwrights is going to stop serving breakfast. I am sorry to tell you that Andre Willie, who actually runs portorleans.org, did this segment with me. 
and contacted me about this with tears in her eyes, his eyes, told me that as of February 21st, his understanding is that Boatwrights will stop serving breakfast. So we talk about the banana-stuffed French toast and the awesome sweet potato cakes, and now they're gone. Now, the hope is that this may just be a temporary measure. They're doing something different. They're bringing in a new chef from Louisiana or something, uh, and not something going to be permanent because um, I really think breakfast at Boatwrights is one of, if not maybe the best meal that you can get there. I really, I'm really sad about this news because it was a really good meal for breakfast there. It's also one of the reasons why I like to stay at that location because you can get breakfast available. You can get, of course, you know the rest of the meals that are available at boat rides. But this, this, this is sad news. It's very sad news. Right. Hopefully, hopefully, like you said, hopefully it's just a temporary thing, and uh, when things get going back up again, we'll have breakfast once again. But Becky, on the heels of sad news especially about dining, comes good news, possibly good news, we hope, about dining, because Laura also wants to know if we've heard if free dining is coming back this year. She and her husband are going down for a wedding anniversary in October, food and wine, rocks, and if they could sneak in free dining, that would be awesome. She thanks us for the great show, and again, that's from Laura. So any chance maybe free dining coming back this year? I think there's always a very good chance. Disney has offered the free dining promotion for various dates for a a couple of years now. And with the economic climate, I would assume they will be looking at ways to boost the room occupancy, especially in that low season, which typically uh, ends up being that late August to the end of September. Um, So I'm hedging my bet that they will offer it again, although I can't 100% guarantee what they're planning to do. They tend to keep their offers and their plans pretty much close to the vest and and release information as it gets closer um the dates when they do when they've done the free dining in the past are very fluid keep in mind that they sometimes black out dates that are traditionally busy and unfortunately food and wine can sometimes fall into that category but again they may extend the promo if those dates show uh, a less than desired occupancy right and they want to get people to start you know booking in. My advice is to book your dates now to ensure you get what you want. Um, If you know you're going and those are the dates you're going, you're going to do food and wine, book those dates. And then um, if a new offer comes out before your final payment, ask Disney or the vacation planner you're working with to adjust, adjust to the new code. That way you can get the new discount when it's released. You can move your dates if you need to, to go into free dining, or you can just rebook it if, if necessary. Just make sure you do that before your final payment. That was my question. If they book the dates, yeah. a travel agent, whatever, can actually go back and, and apply those discounts if, if they're applicable. Absolutely. And if you're working with a vacation planner, please just make sure that they're not going to charge you any change fees because some do, some don't. We don't. (laughs) (laughs) But of course, um, with Disney themselves, you just have to be proactive. You have to pick up the phone, call them and say, hey, heard this new offers out. Please apply this code and uh, and they should be able to apply it for you. Awesome. All right. Moving on. Hi, my name is Christopher. Well, not my name is Christopher Dorsey, but the writer's name is Christopher Dorsey. He's a DVC member and he's going to be traveling to Disney World this upcoming September. He says, I'll be flying into Orlando International Airport and then renting a car from the airport. My question is, can I use Disney's Magical Express to transport my luggage to my Disney Resort even if I'm not riding aboard the bus from the airport? I want to rent a car because my father needs a wheelchair and it's much easier for us to travel around Disney in a car than using the resort's buses. 
because of the wheelchair. That's why they now have less room for baggage. And that, again, is from Chris. That, that, that's a great question. It is, and we get it all the time, but unfortunately, you can't. Disney's policy requires you to participate in both the motor coach transportation uh, and the baggage transfer service concurrently. So you would have to use Disney's Magical Express to transport yourself and your luggage to the resort. Right. And, and you know what, too? In this day and age, in this climate, it makes sense as a security concern, too. You don't want mm-hmm. unattended luggage um, you know, being transported on the buses. So, Right. Becky, the next email is not really a question, but he says, Hey, Lou, it's Scott from Chattanooga, Tennessee, and he wanted to bring to our attention a discount that he found out through his father, who was retired from the military. And he said that in 2009, Walt Disney World is offering a free five-day park pass to anyone currently in active duty or anyone that is retired from the military. He also said that companion tickets are available for family for only $99 for a five-day park hopper pass. I'm sorry, for a five-day pass to upgrade to the park hopper option, it's only $25 per person. He doesn't know if we have any information about this, but he wanted to make sure that other listeners knew about it and he wanted to know if it was maybe part of the What We Celebrate theme. That, again, comes from Scott in Chattanooga. And Scott, I really appreciate you sending this, uh, and I'm really happy to see Disney doing things for the military. I, I'm really a big proponent of, of, you know, for the people that make so many sacrifices for us, and this is Disney's ways of giving back. Becky, do you have any additional information about this, and, and are these numbers correct? Yeah, they, they are. Disney usually does have some great benefits for active and retired military and to, as you said, to recognize them for their services. Um, if you qualify, be sure to advise your vacation planner or Disney uh, when you're working with them for land vacations or cruise travel to see if there are, are discounts because Disney does it for, for their cruise line as well and for their adventures by Disney at times. So always let them know if you're a retired military or active military. This particular offer that he's mentioning is valid I believe through December 23rd, and it can be obtained at participating ticket offices on your base. Um, I know you can also get it from Shades of Green or at the main entrance of any theme park ticket window. To get those tickets, you have to do it at the ticket window through Shades of Green or through the ticket office on base. You can't go through a vacation planner for this specific um, ticket offer. But for more information on it, they tell us to advise military to contact your ITT office. One thing to note that this, I believe this special offer does not allow um, you to add the no expiration option and you cannot extend it past five days. So if you need more than five days, be sure to price it against other options as well as current package promotions that are out there because it could be if you're staying for seven, eight or, or you know more nights, you might actually be better off going with uh, a, a different package offer than the tickets. But uh, like you said, it's just a wonderful thing to see that Disney is reaching out and, and, uh, and doing something for the military. Awesome, yeah, and I've heard nothing but amazing reviews of Shades of Green. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, a really wonderful resort. Great prices for uh, for active and retired military. So, all right, Becky, the next email comes from Alex Sinak. Forgive me if I pronounced your name incorrectly. Lou, I hope you can use this email on a show. I just booked a three-night cruise in late April of 2009 on the Disney Wonder. Thank you, Deborah Gordon, for Mouse Fan Travel. Woo-hoo! It'll be our first cruise. <laughs> We are taking the cruise to celebrate my birthday and our anniversary. Awesome. Double dipper. We are leaving the kids at home. It's a trifecta. Officially a trifecta. (laughs) 
We are planning to arrive late afternoon on Tuesday, April 28th, and hit one of the parks on Wednesday, April 29th, before we board the Wonder on April 30th. Alex, you've got an awesome game plan already. Mm. What would your recommendation be for, one, a resort for myself and my wife, and two, the park that we visit on the 29th, and three, dinner on the night of the 28th and 29th. Finally, would you take the Disney bus a car service, or your own rental car to Port Canaveral. Thanks. Keep up the good work on the show. But, P.S. Wait, there's more. <laughs> Wait, even though I'm asking for your reservation, this is what I have reserved already. <laughs> so, all right. So we'll take his recommendations and see what we think about it. We'll do it that way. Okay. His resort is Pop Century. However, he's waiting to see if he can get an AP discount rate at the Yacht or Beach Club or Boardwalk. Um Kind of different ends of the spectrum. I'm, you know me, huge fan of the Boardwalk Area Resorts, although I do love Pop Century. And, uh, I mean, for me, if you're not going to be spending a lot of time in the room and just going to get to the parks and get out and then get on the Wonder, I think Pop Century is a great value. But, again, if you can get a great AP rate, that might be the way to go as well. Exactly. First, I sorry, I have to interject. Thanks for booking with us. <laughs> I know Debbie's going to take great care of you. She always does. And what a great way to celebrate. You've got a, a nice uh, itinerary laid out here. I, I totally agree. If you can get a great AP rate for one of the deluxe resorts, Yacht and Beach or Boardwalk area, it's a fantastic choice. You can't go wrong um, in the location. But if not, it's, it's a relatively short stay and there's so much to see and do. Um, a value like Pop or a moderate like Port Orleans will be just fine. Save a little on the resort and splurge a little on, say, food. Oh, just wait till we get to the third part of his question, man. <laughs> I, I am in love with this guy. His park, Epcot, on April 29th. And he's going to take the $75 gift card in lieu of the free birthday admission since he has an annual pass. Exactly what I would have recommended doing. Mm-hmm. Epcot's a, a great, especially for you and your wife, kidless. Epcot's the way to go. But more importantly, Becky... <laughs> as if the stars aligned. These are currently his ADRs. April 28th, Yachtsman Steakhouse at 9pm. You'll be there till midnight. April 29th, Teppan Edo at 12pm and Flying Fish at 9.30. They've never... Alex, that is like the perfect... uh, That's the trifecta. It is. You've got the perfect steak... You've got the wonderful Japanese meal, and then you've got awesome seafood and ambiance at Flying Fish. I, you're good. You don't even need to go on the Wonder at that point. You're done. Yeah. <laughs> you're done. But, now but there's Alex, still chocolate souffles. Sorry, there's waiting for him in the wings. But this is where, um, and, and I'm curious to see what your your take is. This in the last part is where Alex and I part ways because he plans on renting a car since he got a good rate and he likes the ease of use. But he's only really concerned with the actual effort it's going to take to drive from from Walt Disney World to the port. And this is where I'm not really the bus guy. I, I love renting a car when I get down there. But the ease of taking the Walt Disney World transportation to and from the port is awesome. I, I agree. I I do different things with my own trips. And, and, of course, I spend a lot of time talking to clients about this very issue because for some people renting a car and driving it there and for some of us even parking it there so when you get off the ship you just walk right off the ship and right to your car and and off 
you know, you're on your way, um, works best for them. Others, like you said, the, the DCL transportation, getting you from the resort or from the airport to the port and back again to the airport is, is wonderful. It's ease of use. You don't have to worry about your luggage. It's all taken care of for you. Um, there's a lot of pros and cons for all of the the three options that he has listed here and it really comes down to um, which one is going to work best in terms of cost and and value and your personal priorities yeah I, I like the bus for a variety of reasons number one like you said it's so simple to use you don't have mm-hmm. to worry your luggage is tagged they take care of it you're picked up at the resort you know the the they've got the video playing on the bus. You're you're talking to other people. You're getting really excited. You're not worried about driving and, and getting there. More importantly, you don't have to worry about getting to the port, finding a place to park, getting your luggage, getting it over there, meeting up with your wife. Get your drop. The bus drops you off right there. You go right in through customs. It is you don't have to touch your luggage. It is a seamless seamless process. And uh, even coming back, same thing. You come right out of the port. Buses are waiting there to take you back to your resort wherever you need to go so I, I big big thumbs up to uh, DCL transportation yeah the, the only time that I start thinking about looking a little differently with say a, t- a town car service is when you get to like four people because it's $69 a person for the the DCL transportation on, for a round trip basis um, it you start doing the math sometimes that private car can come in handy but again like you said that doesn't offer those uh, those little extras like taking care of your luggage so you're not carting it around all over the place trying to figure out where it needs to go and then trying to uh, to find a, a, a sky cap to take it from you and or a, a, you know one of the guys at, uh, at at the port so the bus is definitely the most convenient yeah yeah big big um, really a big fan of the bus the whole experience I think it just adds to the experience too but I know but Becky I know that's how you roll you know you like your limos and your champagne and crystal <laughs> hey, and all that kind of stuff so. hey now <laughs> I I really wish I really wish I could I could uh, partake in that uh, much more often. However, I I do have to say I'm one of those. Okay, you already know that I have problems spinning. <laughs> I have problems with lines. Lines are, are one of my things. So sometimes, like I said, that uh, that car rental thing looks good for me if I'm in a hurry. If I know. Uh, I think that the best times that I advise for cars, like I said, when uh, people are in a hurry to get back um, to the parks so you can put your luggage in the back of your car right after you get off the ship and uh, head to the resorts, which of course you're getting off the ship around uh, nine or 10 o'clock in the morning. Your room may not be ready. Uh, you can you know, take advantage of, of running around in the parks. So if you're in a hurry to get back and play in the parks, sometimes that works best. Right. I was actually going to say, if you need to get off the ship and you have to catch a plane at a certain time, that may be the other instance where I would rent a car, where you don't have to worry about waiting for a bus and making stops or whatever. Just get your car, get right to the airport, drop off your rent-a-car. Right. Make that sad I, trip home. So. And I do have to say, this is one of the most common areas where we spend a lot of time working with clients. So there really isn't an easy answer. There, as you can tell, getting there coming back, it depends on where you're going, how much you're spending. There's a lot of factors involved in making the decision. And getting air is half the fun. It is. (laughs) All right, moving on, because we haven't talked about food in like a minute. Hey, Lou, listening to the show this week, I heard you refer to Pecos Bill's Tasty Burgers. This reminded me of a question I've been wondering for some time. When we were down last year, spring 2008, we stopped in at Cosmic Rays, which I always found similarly, had similarly delicious burgers. But this past trip was after Disney's Healthy Eating Initiative 
and we found that the cosmic bur- burgers to be just horrible. Oh, my Lord. No such a thing. <laughs> anyway, can you tell me if, A, they still have these quote-unquote healthy burgers, and B, are they the same as Pecos Bills? And that comes from Stephen Morell. Now, we talked about this on the show, or I think you, maybe when I was doing email a couple weeks ago, and I was saying how certain foods, oh, it was a top 10. I said, I think certain foods taste better in certain areas. I think the turkey legs taste better in Frontierland. I think the funnel cake is best in Liberty Square. And But the bottom line is, it's all the same. Um, I, I believe all they all come from the same burger cow. <laughs> so the burgers you're going to get at Pecos Bills are going to be the same burgers. The chicken nuggets you get at Columbia Harbor House are the same ones you're going to get over at Cosmic Rays. Um, I don't know that they changed the burger recipe. Um, I haven't actually, you know, tasted the difference. Again, for you, Stephen, I-, I will do research and I will make sure I dine at both Cosmic Rays and Pecos Bills on my next trip. But um, I-, I do believe that that they are actually completely the same. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. And I ate at Cosmic Rays in December and and found the burgers to be pretty good considering it's you know the fast food walk up so I'd be interested in hearing what you come up with on your research trip (laughs) plus you get the (laughs) entertainment you get sunny eclipse so free entertainment as well there you go alright moving on next question says hi Lou I hope you enjoyed the Walt Disney World Marathon weekend I did I had a blast at Marathon Weekend in case you couldn't tell I had a (laughs) oh boy I had a question for next time you have on Becky from Mouse Fan Travel is this like from your excellent (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> the last couple of years, I've been on vacation with my boyfriend's family to the Caribbean. There's no Disney in the Caribbean. And we've had some lovely vacations there. This okay. year, however, they've decided, much to my excitement, to go to Walt Disney World. Nice. Lou, there's a ship in the Caribbean. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm lucky to have been to Walt Disney World many times, twice with my boyfriend. But as a family, they've only been twice and haven't stayed on property before. In our party, we'll also be taking a four-year-old, and it will be her first trip to Walt Disney World, which will add an extra touch of magic to the vacation as we see her reactions to everything. Exactly. That's why taking kids young is so great. So now, it's booked. We're staying at the Yacht Club. Awesome. In two weeks in July. And the most exciting part is that I have been made responsible to plan the itinerary and, most importantly, choose all of our ADRs. So get this, Becky. (laughs) She says, I need to pick around 14 table service (laughs) restaurants and wants to hear your suggestions. There isn't really a budget, but as there will be eight of us, including a four-year-old, I wasn't thinking of Victoria Albert's good enough your family would kill you. I can phone (laughs) Disney to book early April, so I'd really appreciate your views if possible. Love, magic, and pixie dust. It's my friend Emma Surrey. From England, and she is Disney Barbie on the forums. Now, before you say anything, we're not going to list fourteen table service restaurants because oh no, man, because that list it's will food. Turn, it'll turn into twenty-eight very, very quickly. Okay, um, maybe we can pick. I mean, because look, Emma, you listen to the show. By now, you know some of my favorites, some of the places I recommend. Even in this email section, I, we knocked off three of them. Uh, Becky, maybe we'll, we'll each mention two or three of our favorites. I have to stick with only two or three. <laughs> All right, sorry. Your favorite child, I know. <laughs> well, with a four-year-old, I have to go back to that. You've got to include a character meal because uh, if part of it is is um, 
going to be watching the the wonder and excitement in a child's eyes. There's nothing like uh, like watching a character meal, and I, I you know I keep spinning because my one of my favorites is of course Chef Mickey's over at the Contemporary, um, which that has all the classic characters for breakfast or dinner. But I also like Crystal Palace over at the Magic Kingdom as well. Both are buffets and offer a wide variety of choices, so different people in the in the family group, um, well, there'll be something there for everybody. Um, if you're looking for the experiences that offer the, the Disney magic, I would also suggest one of the dinner shows, maybe like the Hoopty Doo or, or even Spirit of Aloha. I'm, I tend to move t- more towards Hoopty Doo. I think that's a, a pretty good show. Um, okay, sorry, I'm, I got more than just two or three. All right, all right. Well, I got all right for family <laughs> gathering. Sorry, this is just off. I, this is the things that I, I just really enjoy this part. Um, the family gatherings, Ohana and and the. Um, the teppanyaki place over in Japan are both really good for family gatherings. Um, let's see. All right, I'm going to throw two more out there. Sorry. <laughs> the 50s Primetime Cafe yep. or even the Sci-Fi Dine-In Theater. Oh, see, that Studios, was what I was sir. going to pull out and be like, what? Ah, see? Because I, no. I, I was thinking because the other family members may not have been there as often. Right. So give them a memory. Um, I tend to lean towards places that offer good entertainment value that offer memories as well as a meal and and those two do it as well as cinderella's royal table okay i'm done now go ahead nice nice (laughs) you dropped that last one i was going to say now look you know my feelings about places like yachtsman and and some of the and i love japan i love japan i was going to throw out some ones that you might not consider to be favorites but for people that are coming from england that haven't been to disney before and you've got the four-year-old i too was thinking about experiences and i was going to say a place like sci-fi dining and some people are like well you know it's not the best first of all i like the food at sci-fi but i think it's a great in park sit down dining experience restaurant yeah it is and that in, in the 50s prime time because those are the places that you sit down and while the food may not be you know five star food when you get home in a year from now when you start when you're talking about the trip that you're on you've got a memory about sitting in funny little cars and watching you know neat movies so I, I just think that that has such value and Emma when you leave uh, sci-fi dining go outside make a quick right turn go into the writer stop go in there and get a carrot cake cookie all 14 of you or eight of you can share it because it is decadent and it will keep you on a sugar high for like a month okay two other ones i'm going to mention coral reef in epcot you've got the aquarium thing it's a little bit different you're actually like inside the the pavilion which i think is nice and um and the out of left field one is restaurant marrakesh in morocco a little you got it Go, huh. you got the dinner show thing going with the belly dancer. You've got the music, a very different dining experience. You're then, such a guy. <laughs> it's not for the belly. Listen, <laughs> how, where else are, are, are you going to ha- be able to go and have that kind of experience? Because you're not going to do it at home. You're not going to be like, hey, let's go for Moroccan tonight. That's but true. when it's in Epcot, you know what? The food tastes better in Morocco and Epcot than it does really in Morocco. So that that was kind of a, a an out of left field one. So okay, good point. And I think, and honestly, I think the four year old would probably get a kick out of it too. So there you go. You're not I, I you're not you with me. Of, you're not with well, me on Morocco, are you? Oh well, you know, I it's one of those personal preference things, I guess. And and Morocco, unfortunately, <laughs> is not one of my favorites. Oh wait, okay, here, forget about Morocco. Okay. Beer garden in Germany. 
family style music, Oompa Loompa going off in the background. How's that? Is that a little bit better? I think that that's a little bit better. That that may that may be elevated up there on my list, <laughs> but but somehow I think we've gone beyond our our pick two or three favorites each. That was only three we? for me. Anyway, but you know what? <laughs> Mike Sklens has an email, and he's 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 upset that we're taking so long. Emma, I hope that was helpful to you and and didn't just confuse you even more. You know what? You can't go wrong. Pretty much wherever you go. Very true. Mike says, Lou, my girlfriend and I are going to be visiting the world for three days at the end of March. <laughs> and since I know you love food at Walt Disney World, I'll give that away. <laughs> I figured you might be able to provide some insight into our dining plans. My girlfriend has a vegetarian diet. And while I know Disney has vegetarian options and almost everywhere, I was wondering if you knew where the best vegetarian options can be found in the parks and resorts, both counter and table service. Any help would be much appreciated. Love the show. Keep up the good work. Again, that's from Mike Sklens. Vegetarian, that that is that can certainly be challenging, especially in a in a theme park atmosphere. But as he says, uh, most of the restaurants have some sort of option that's available for um, for vegetarian diets and even vegan diets. Um, luckily, I do have a couple of clients and a good friend, M- Michelle, who is a vegetarian, and um, she has has some really good insight on some of the restaurants that that she likes, um, and a couple of clients also tend to. Uh, gravitate towards places like and you'll love this Tutu Italia mm. <laughs> Boma um, others that they've requested uh, Mama Melrose that whole Italian thing um, what else have they done uh, the Garden Grill actually had some good vegetarian options as as did California Grill um, trying to remember what else that, that they have uh made ADRs for Yak and Yeti. Of course, any of those buffets are good because you have lots of choices. You can steer away from from the beef. So if, um, if Mike, if you're not a vegetarian, you still have some options while your girlfriend can uh, maintain her, her vegetarian diet. Um, counter services can be a little bit more difficult, but there are some spots that offer veggie burgers. Uh, I would say also... Another one I know that they've mentioned is the Backlot Express reportedly has some good vegetarian options as well. So um, hopefully that hopefully that helps. Not being a vegetarian, so forgive me if, if I'm wrong and, and check the menus ahead of time. Mm-hmm. I actually had an almost all vegetarian dish a couple of trips ago in Disney World at Spoodles on the boardwalk because they had appetizers that had um, sort of like a, we did like a tapas style thing. They had uh, like the different Mediterranean dips there. There they had the uh, and they had flatbreads that were yeah. that were um, none of them had any meat products in it. I I, I understand again not being a vegetarian or a vegan. I don't know what the, the limitations are, but nothing had any meat on it, and we were full after having uh, two or three appetizers. So that's one place. And again, I, I think most restaurants will have some sort of a vegetarian option for you. But that was just one that that I had that, and I thought the food was exceptional. Right. At Spoodles. Yeah, I, I love Spoodles as well. Um, I, I think one of my tips would be to just plan ahead. Check out the menus. Uh, I know that there's some resources like um, allears.net has a lot of menus that are posted up there. That way you can take a look beforehand, do a little planning, take a look at the menus so you know you know what's going to uh, fit both of you best. And then, of course, when you arrive, you can also ask about vegetarian options, even if it's not listed on the menu. Uh, some of the chefs also have um, some things in their back pocket they might be able to, uh, to help you out with, too, if there's something that doesn't quite meet the need. Exactly. 
Exactly. And now I'm thinking about other places that I've eaten. <laughs> well, We're back to food. I know. I know. My apologies. All right. Next email says, Lou, I have a four-year-old daughter that's obsessed with Pete's Dragon. Good for her. Oh. Huge fan of Pete's Dragon. We are headed down to the world in January, and I was wondering if Elliot or any of the other characters from the film have any sort of presence in the parks. Store merchandise, characters in the parades, etc., I vaguely remember an Elliot in the old Electrical Light Parade, exactly, but I don't recall seeing anything related to Pete's Dragon during my last several visits. Any help you could provide would be greatly appreciated. Um, bad hmm. news and bad news and somewhat good news. There, are, as far as I know, there are no walk around characters or parade characters with Elliot, which is too bad because he just celebrated, I think it was his 30th anniversary uh, of the film. Wow. The one thing I do know that they have, um, and actually a friend of mine, he's, he's a Disney artist, he's been on the show before, Jason Zucker actually designed an awesome Pete's Dragon pin that I believe is still available in the parks. That's all I've seen. Um, I, I know that you can get like a custom watch made up if you want, but I mean, she's four, so. Um, but for other older Pete's Dragon fans, and obviously, you know, there's, there's some of the more expensive things in the art of Disney. There's some really high-end Pete's Dragon statues, but nothing... Unfortunately, nothing small. Pete's Dragon plush would be huge. Oh, yeah. It's been so long since I've seen any any Elliot sightings out there. Yeah. <laughs> I think the Electrical Eye Parade was the last thing that I can even think of as well, for the exception of, like you said, the occasional figurine that shows up at a shop or two. So the pin is exciting. Yeah, but I mean, think about the plush, and you get the Gogans and uh, Doc Terminus. <laughs> Big fan of Pete's Dragon. All right. Another one. Another quick quick question. Lou, where can you find a schedule of the activities such as the movies, bingo, etc., that goes on at the Beach Club? That's from Kelly. We've talked about the Beach Club. Love the Beach Club. So much good that goes on there. Uh, Becky, I know that obviously when you check in, they have um, a list of activities, a two-page list of all the activities that are going on. But is there any place to get it maybe beforehand? You know, I have asked that question uh, several times because before... Um, a few weeks ago when I went to, down and, and stayed, I couldn't get my hands on anything. So I think that the only place that you can get it is when you check into the resort. If there is an online resource, I'd love to hear about it. Yeah, and I know that there are online resources that have examples of some of the things that go on, but right. not a sort of week-by-week -week schedule if that's what you're looking for. Exactly. So, Becky, here's another question. It says, hello again. I have a question about staying at two resorts in one trip. I've been planning a trip for next year and was beginning to research which resorts I wanted to stay at. We usually do a value resort so we can save money, spend more days at the park without breaking the bank. But this time, I really wanted to treat the family and stay at a deluxe resort. But we won't be able to stay as long and still keep a reasonable budget as we only come down once every two years or so from Seattle, mostly due to airfare. You know their pain. So the longer is better. So I was wondering... How feasible would it be to get the best of both worlds? I have a Hannah Montana song now stuck in my mind and split up my trip. For example, could we spend a week at Pop, then end up with three nights at the Grand Floridian? How seamless would the transition be? Is it worth the hassle? Thanks for all your work. Please keep the magic coming. And that comes from Joe Richard. Uh, Joe is a is a fellow Seattleite. I, I do understand that pain. <laughs> the airfare from here is a, a little bit over 
over the top. But I think this is a fantastic strategy and offers the best of both worlds. So you can experience different resorts and locations while still maintaining the budget. Um, it's not really a hassle to to make the change. The resorts will transfer your luggage for you. And it's actually very seamless. So um, I, I may not do it if it was only like a couple of days, if <laughs> you know, stay one night in one resort and another night in another resort. But for a longer stay, like you're talking about, I say go for it. Yeah, absolutely. And I've done it before. And they will take your luggage, like you said, from one resort to another, completely, completely seamless. It, it got there on time, it, no problems whatsoever. So I think that's great. And I think, and especially if it's a surprise, that would be an awesome uh, treat for your family. So absolutely. All right, we got two more to go. We got to knock these out fast because we're running out of time. Lou, first off, love the show. Longtime Disney fan, make a point of listening to the podcast every week. The information and tips you provide are priceless. Wow, Ooh. love my friends in the UK. <laughs> My family and I are coming to Disney again this year, as I now have three children of my own, two of which will require a stroller. I have a question about now being able to buy a stroller inside the park, and my question is this. Are the strollers only available in certain shops within the park, or as we're staying at the Wilderness Lodge, can you purchase one from the mercantile shops, for instance? Regards, Barry Jones from North Chaley in the UK. Barry, as, as the only other person here in the studio with children, I can tell you <laughs> that the strollers, um, which I think are just uh, only maybe a year or two old, can be purchased both inside the parks and actually um, also I, I think you can get them in some of the stores outside the parks in addition to the shops inside the resorts. I know when I was at Beach Club, they had them there. And although I have not purchased one, I've heard from other people who have that it is the best stroller they ever bought, like dollar for dollar quality wise what they're getting they love 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 the disney strollers so yeah barry these these small foldable umbrella strollers are, are great becky i know you have no kids you have nothing probably to add so we're going to move on to the next email <laughs> and which will be the last which will be the I, last I, email. okay go <laughs> you're gonna say, i know what you're gonna say lou great tip didn't know that thanks very much moving exactly on. <laughs> so <laughs> lou i re recently started listening to your podcast it's become my new favorite thing to listen to on the way to work and at work and on his way home, obviously giving an idea of just how long the shows are. Um, <laughs> it's the only thing so far that keeps me from falling asleep on the drive home. I especially enjoy, oh, I'm never going to hear the end of this, your top 10 with Tim segments. Those were especially fun. Ooh. And I love Becky too, but I just threw that part in. Um, <laughs> my boyfriend and I are taking our next trip to Walt Disney World September 3rd through the 9th. We've purchased the standard dining plan package. I just listened to an older episode last night where you mentioned that the standard package no longer includes an appetizer with table dinners, but that it is included in the deluxe plan along with a refillable mug. I thought it'd be nice, a nice little treat for my boyfriend if I could surprise him with the mug plus the included appetizer. So my question is this, can I upgrade our plan from the standard to the deluxe by phone now or do I need to do this at the resort when we check in? Or even more importantly, can I even do this at all? Thanks for any help you can send my way. And that comes from Amanda. Um, Amanda, you can certainly call Disney or your vacation planner, whoever you booked it through, and ask them to upgrade your package to the deluxe dining. But the key is you need to do it before you leave. Um, we've been advised that you should make any upgrade changes to your package at least 72 hours in advance. So that's definitely a phone call you want to make if you want to uh, make the upgrade now. Um, 
just as a side note, for those of you who are wondering about downgrading your packages, which I don't recommend, <laughs> say from the deluxe plan to the standard plan, Disney would charge you a change fee. So make sure that any of those types of changes are made before your final payment to avoid any fees. But for Amanda, give them a call. As long as it's 72 hours in advance, you can make that change. You can't do it once you check in. Awesome. And how appropriate that we end off with a, with a food-related question. Some sort of food in there. Absolutely. <laughs> you never let me down. I am telling you it is not planned out that way. But um, <laughs> Becky, as always, I really appreciate all your help getting through some of these questions. Um, and of course, you guys know that uh, Mouse Van Travel is my very highly recommended travel provider. Becky is the owner. She and her team of agents will help you out with any of your Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise Line, and Adventures by Disney. Uh, mm-hmm. vacation and if you have any questions you can go on their website check them out give them a call it is mousefantravel.com and Becky Mankin thank you as always for joining me thanks Lou thanks for the invite and looking forward to coming back and you just never know how to end that do you you just don't know I don't <laughs> You're I, I that... wing every single one of those because I'm not thinking about it beforehand you know what you got weeks think of your sign off think of the, the Becky Mankin trademark sign off That's all the time we have this week. I hope you enjoyed the show. Big thanks go to my guests, Chuck Leinberger from DisneyDaddy.blogspot.com and from Mouse Fan Travel, Becky Mankin. You can visit her at MouseFanTravel.com. Thanks also to everybody who emailed and called into the show this week. Please keep sending your questions to Lou at WDWRadio.com or call the voicemail. Be on the air at 888-703-2171. I'm actually in Walt Disney World this week where I'm staying at one of the All-Star Vacation Homes. If you've never tried a vacation home before, definitely check out All-Star Vacation Homes. You can also find a link to All-Star in the show notes as well as an exclusive discount for listeners where you can get a free rental car and a $50 gas card. I'm going to be coming back with some pretty exciting stuff for the show. Definitely stay tuned. Don't forget, too, to go and visit DisneyWorldTrivia.com. There you can buy copies of my Walt Disney World trivia books, audio guides to Walt Disney World, and the page day calendar. Also head on over to celebrationspress.com. There you can subscribe or purchase individual or back issues to Celebrations Magazine. The magazine I've been putting out with Tim Foster. Issue 3 is on its way. Also, check the show notes this week for a link to Twitter, where you can follow my instant updates at twitter.com slash as well as I'm on Facebook. Come on over Friend me up on Facebook. Also become a fan of the WDW Radio Show group page. Links to those, again, are in this week's show notes. And if you're not on Facebook, come by the forums at DisneyWorldTrivia.com. There you can comment on, talk about the show with other listeners. We have more than 30,000 Disney fans online there. Again, it's fun. It's free at DisneyWorldTrivia.com. And finally, if you like the show, please review us in iTunes. It's very helpful. And of course... Please help spread the word. Let other people know about it. And as always, thank you again for taking the time and tuning in. Remember to always keep moving forward. Have a great week. See ya. Hey, Lou. This is Tommy from Sugarland, Texas. I'm in Disney World right now. I'm at Beaches and Cream. I knew you'd want to hear this. Eating a No Way Jose. 
uh, actually eating number two. Uh, I wanted to bring one to you. They said we could not take it, so I had to go and uh, go ahead and eat that second one that I ordered. Let me just put this out there, a little tip for you and your listeners. One, no, ho- no way, Jose, is phenomenal. Two is not a good idea. So we'll see you out there. Thanks. Hey, Lou, this is Mike from Mount Laurel. Just was uh, letting you know, I was thinking about you on Saturday. I took my uh, four-year-old and six-year-old to this place called Giggleberry Farm or Giggleberry Fair. And uh, it's like a big ball pit, cargo nets, and they had games that you get tickets and get uh, prizes and stuff. Well, they had this game where you shoot water, like a fire uh, fire hose type thing. And my four-year-old said, Hey, Dad, this smells like the water at Pirates of the Caribbean. I'm like, <laughs> I started laughing and thought of you immediately. So I just thought I'd let you know. Have a good one. Bye. Hello, this is Megan from New Jersey. I was listening to your podcast um, about things that are better at night in Walt Disney World, and I just had to add Tower of Terror walking up uh, to the hotel lobby in the dark is just gives you chills. So I just wanted to add that in. Good luck. Um, I love your podcast, and I look forward to listening to it many times. Bye-bye. Hey, Lou. This is David from Richmond, Virginia, calling you from Walt Disney World. I love this show. Just wanted to bring up for everybody one of the most peaceful places right in the middle of Disney World, and that's where I am right now. It's on the walk back from the Disney Studios to the Epcot Resort area as you walk along the canal headed towards the Swan. Um, So few people use this area, and it's such a nice, calm walk. Even though your legs might be tired after a long day, it's a great place to to get away from the crowds. Uh, Have a little free time by yourself before you go back in the resort. Just thought I'd call and give a shout-out. Have a great one. Bye. Hey, Lou, this is Rita from Cleveland, Tennessee, and I recently listened to your podcast about the greatest things at Disney World at night, and you talked a bit about the Wilderness Lodge with Tim, and uh, we're frequent visitors uh, to Fort Wilderness Campground, so we often get to ride the boat past Wilderness Lodge, and and I just wanted to add that I love the view of the Wilderness Lodge from the boats at night and how the... the, uh, view of the lodge from the water it looks like i believe a face of the bear of a bear so i just wanted to add that in and how much we enjoy both of those resorts in the evening fort wilderness and the wilderness lodge thanks for a great show have a good one hey lou this is Emma kirby one of your listeners i'm uh just wanted to suggest something i'm a big fan of your show and i suppose you love the top 10 with tim um uh, and i have a suggestion for a, a new top 10 um because Face Mountain. It's going to be going under for refurbishment soon, and it's also one of my favorite. It's a, possibly my most favorite ride at Disney World. I was wondering if maybe you and Tim could do a top ten things we love about Space Mountain, or a top ten things we love about Tomorrowland. Yes, I was the one we did top ten things we love about Adventureland, but I think it'd be cool if you do one either of Tomorrowland or Space Mountain. So uh, just all I wanted to suggest. I love the show. Keep it up. Talk to you later. Hey, Lou, this is Scott from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Listen, really enjoy the podcast. I've caught up on virtually all of the back issues. I was listening to your top ten you did with Tim slash Samantha on the uh, the items at night, and I must be crazy, but I don't think I heard you say the Hollywood Tower of Terror. That has got to be one of the best-looking 
uh, weenies uh, at night, even more foreboding and sinister than in the daytime. Keep up the great work, Lou. Looking forward to the next podcast. Bye. Hey, Lou. Uh, my name is David. I'm a big fan of the show. And I was wondering if you had any information on the rumored night, uh, rumored Fifth Park Night Kingdom that Walt Disney World was supposedly making. If you could put that on the show this week, that'd be great. Thanks. Bye. Hey, Lou. It's Denise. You know me as Hyper Mommy on the boards. I finally got a chance to listen to show number 95. Uh, where you talked about the seven wonders of the world and particularly the cast members. I hope it's not too late to tell my cast member story because I just love to tell it. Back in 1999, when my youngest son was four years old, he had recently learned how to draw his name. That's what he called it, drawing his name. And he certainly didn't understand the concept of the autograph books. In fact, every time I gave it to him and would send him off to get an autograph from a character... Um, he'd want to show them how he could draw his name. And, of course, most of the cast members were very happy to have Mom come swooping in and save them from trying to explain it to him, but not Cinderella. I went to go swoop in and explain it to him, and Cinderella fussed at me and said to leave that boy alone, and then she proceeded to sit right down in her ball gown in the middle of the hub and watch as my four-year-old baby painstakingly drew his name and then she hugged him and praised him and kissed him and told him what a smart boy he was and it's still I know he's never going to really remember it other than me telling him but I'm sure all your parents out there you can understand why to this day he's 13 now I still get choked up thinking about it and then one more thing I noticed you were talking about the things that choke you up at Disney and I'm with you on the Nemo show because especially with teenagers and me being the hyper mommy that I am, um, it's very difficult to just go with the flow and let them go. So anytime I feel that I'm perhaps clinging a little much, I turn crush on and I feel much, much better. Thanks for the show. Thanks for everything you do. We sure do enjoy it. Bye. Thank you for traveling with us.